I'll get back to my notes. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Roundtable. Um, I'm Erin. I'm one of the co-founders. Today is March 30th, 2021. I'm happy to have a really great talk today. Um, before we get started and before I introduce everyone, um, I just want to take our moment of silence to honor all of the 2,808,602 worldwide COVID deaths. And in the U.S. alone, we're at 563,304 deaths. And we also want to take a moment to honor all of our Black and Brown brothers and sisters and all of our First Nations brothers and sisters who have died by the hands of police brutality and other senseless acts of violence. So let's please just take a moment. Thank you so much. So today we have a really wonderful talk with these be three beautiful ladies. Um, we have Wendy uh, Levy, um, the executive director of the Alliance for Media, Arts and Culture and the co-founder of Arts to Work, which is a new award-winning creative workforce initiative that centers around racial and gender justice and a new model of apprenticeship for digital media careers. And then we have uh, Kimberlyn Bolton, who is the executive director of Reimagine ATL um, based in Atlanta. And then our moderator today is Keisha Amani Cameron, who is a film and TV producer and film coach. Uh, she founded Africa First, which is a program for emerging filmmakers. And she was also the former CEO of Ghetto Film Schools. So I want to welcome everybody today and we're going to let Keisha take it from here. So hope everyone enjoys. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Erin. Thank you so much. Um, uh, and just to clarify, I was a former COO of Ghetto Film School, um, but thank you for that. And um, I'm super excited to have this um, conversation um, with you guys today. Um, like I said, the for for me, um, the the issue of uh, reframing the workforce um, and diversifying the pipeline into you know film, television, media, digital is um, just been a lifelong passion of mine. Um, and you guys are actually you know on the ground doing the work. Um, so I want to make sure we sort of get into the you know the the details of what you guys are doing and how you're doing it. Um, um, and just sort of how transformational it is. But um, I kind of want to, you know, almost start like zooming out a little bit because I think it's, it's important for people to understand almost sort of the scope of the challenge, <laughs> <laughs> right? That you guys are facing in terms of doing this work. So it'd be great to just, um, and either one of you can do the, do it from your own perspective, but um, I'd love for you to give people a sense of, what the real challenges are for young creatives of color to effectively enter, you know, the film and television industry. Um, like, what are the boundaries from a skill set standpoint? What are the boundaries from um, a cultural um, uh, and sort of financial standpoint? 
um, like what what's what what's the challenge that you guys um, are, are creating the scaffolding to to mitigate mm-hmm. um, to reduce the barriers to entries? But just just what does it look like from your perspective? Like what's the what's the game? Kimberlyn, you got to go for this first. <laughs> I was going to say you got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go out from your, you, this is your, you know this. Yeah, the, the thing that we're hearing a lot in as we're connecting with employers um, and preparing our students for the careers that exist, the one thing that we're hearing is actually really frustrating. They're like uh, employers and executives are saying, we want to hire you know, more um, filmmakers of color. We want to hire more black creatives, but we don't know where to find them. Or we don't, fi- we don't know where the, where the skill set is. And it's frustrating because we're like, we're here, we have them. Um, so you have two issues at hand. Um, you have the executives, you have the employer saying, we want to do this, but we don't know where they are, we can't find any, which, you know, is kind of a lazy statement to make. We've um, looked everywhere. Right. <laughs> and, and looked, I mean, we called our cousin. Right. And <laughs> I called my friend. <laughs> I went to Harvard. And I mean, where else do you want me to go? Uh, what else do you want me to do? So, understand. so we have this, we have one problem right here on the top, on the executive employer level. But then we have another problem particularly in the city of Atlanta, which is the centerpiece, the mecca, the landmark of all things creative, music, film, television, the creative industry in general, we have a huge legacy in that. Um, and But we have all of these young, talented creatives, particularly Blacks, um, young creatives, who want to get into the industry, who want to do all this stuff, but they have no idea how to do it. Keisha, imagine you living in a neighborhood and people are filming their crime scenes, their robbery scenes in your neighborhood, and you don't even know how to break into that industry. And And so we have this divide between the people who you know, quote unquote, want to find the talent, but can't. And then the young, the talent, which we have access to, who are like, I don't even know where to start. And so one thing that we've been doing at Reimagine since 2014 is building that bridge by providing career exposure, training and placement so that we can bring a connection between the employers and the industry at large says, we wanna do this, but we can't. And the young people that are saying, how do we do it? And so what we're doing is we're going to these employers with the help of the Alliance and saying, we got your talent. Now what's your excuse? The talent is trained. What's your excuse now? And so that's, those are the major issues that we're having right now. Yeah, no, thank you for (laughs) unpacking it because you, you highlighted, like I said, there's sort of the, there's the, there's a version of it from the perspective of the creators. And then there's sort of this industry purgatory that still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, I, I do, uh, where, where do we, where do we go? What do we do? We have looked, we've done all the things, and it's like you've done one thing. <laughs> so what we um, at reimagine is yeah. position ourselves as we're. And one of my board members actually made a great analogy, like reimagines like the D League, right? So we are acting as that recruiter, just like you know NFL does or the NBA does. Like we're saying, this is the next high school recruit. This is the next college recruit. Come look at this talent and presenting a showcase for them. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, the systemic problem though that Kimberlyn really put her finger on is that you can be this amazing D-League and really be just 
completely like incubating and rising up these voices. But we are, the reality is that the media industry is based forever on a culture of unpaid internship. Like that's just how we do it. And in other fields, you start as a paid apprentice. You get, you know, you have your apprenticeship, you have your high school diploma, you have your apprenticeship, and then you have a union gig that you can count on and rely on for the rest of your life. The way into the media industry is so kind of complicated unnecessarily, but also exclusive. And to be able to be the exception to the rule um, is you have to know somebody, you have to have, you know, it just is the way it has to be. So we have to circumvent, you know, try to create these opportunities that where some of the major companies are like, I'm not sure we can afford to do that. And the response is, I'm not sure you can afford not to do it. Not to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like not doing it is is hella worse because everyone's saying now that they want a more diverse pipeline. They want to be part of the solution. And they ha- really have no idea how to create a diverse workforce when the reimagined ATLs are there for them, but the risk feels too great. So we have to really mitigate that risk with the stories and the people and like make the case. And that's what I think together, Kimball and I are trying to do. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, so tell me about, because I want to get into the work, work side, but it's actually interesting to also, you know, unpack once you've done the work, got the, you've got the people. Because we always, listen, we, we already know the talent is not the issue. Like, Mm -hmm. talent is there. People are making extraordinary things and capable of doing great things. But what is the approach to sort of shift the perspective of the companies? Like what have been the leverage, what have you found have been the best practices in terms of turning around some of these, you know, it's so hard mentalities um, with these larger companies to make it easier to do it than, than to not do it. Like what have you found have been some of the most effective measures in well, that way? Nothing's been quite effective yet. But we're, get, but we're getting there. We're getting in the door. The, my win over the last year is that instead of having our staff having to like cold call and cold email and beg their friends and cousins to get in the door, I'm taking calls now from major industry they're calling us now because of, you know, we won some award and we're starting to have some traction. And what we have to offer that the thing that I find triggers the conversation first is they all love what we're doing. You know, the fact that we are actually having an explicit pipeline that centers the work and the lives and the stories of, you know, black and brown and female um, creatives. And that we're working above the line is also something really interesting that hasn't really happened before in this way. But what we've done by establishing a registered apprenticeship program, Arts to Work is the very first federally registered national apprenticeship program that the, the employers who agree to hire in this way from our pipelines are now eligible for millions of dollars in federal grants right. that are earmarked for workforce development and registered apprenticeship that has that have never before gone to the arts right. or media. So that's been a like, what? Tell me about that. You know, right. if the federal government is investing $10 million to train Boeing engineers, why not? 
you know, to train, you know, editors at wherever XYZ company or associate producers at this company, because we need to invest in the creative economy in order for it to keep doing the work it's doing. And so those have been those trigger points and the fact that we also provide, people don't know what to do with interns. You know, they're coming in, they're like, ah, let's put them somewhere right. and get rid of them. So we have this meaningful arc of earn and learn and we provide support to them every step of the way, additional training, outside mentors. You know, we try to make it their investment easier and realize that there's now the thing also, the last thing that I wanted to mention in the industry, it's like in workforce development, they're looking for full-time jobs with advancement and benefits and the whole thing. In the media industry, that is often a deal breaker. Because you know, when a show's over, right. you're out of a job. And even right. though that might really be, that's something that if you're, you know, coming out of poverty and you're trying to support a family, that reality is scary. But we try, we say, look, Arts to Work is now the alumni organization for these folks that you're hiring. They can always come back to us to help find placement. But if they're, we know if they're really good, they're going to find another gig. But right, that's another a, job. You know, but it's another- It's an ongoing process. Well, yeah, but right, we're gonna- Right, you know, right. Yeah. Get through this. Yeah. Um, one thing that we've seen on the local level he here in Atlanta, um, and just to take a step back to talk about the relationship between Reimagine ATL and the Alliance, um, sure. through the partnership with the Alliance for Media Arts and Culture, um, Reimagine ATL has been able to curate an apprenticeship, an Emerge apprenticeship program. Um, it's called Emerge. And so it's a nine month program where students um, will get certified in media production and post production thanks to, thanks to Arts to Work. Um, they will also get soft skills training that are industry uh, certified um, and they will get financial literacy skills and they will get paid. They're getting paid actually to go through this program now. So they'll get paid. They're getting paid for the first four months of the program. And then after that, they're also getting opportunities for work for hire. So um, some of our students um, last week, they worked on a Nike campaign or they're working with um, uh, one of the top marketing agencies here, Dagger. Um, a, few of, um, a few of our other apprentices will be hired on a production, local production here through Lionsgate. And so one of the things that we've seen to Wendy's point is like, it's not, we're not able to do full-time um, employment here um, in this industry. Uh, but the other thing that, the other incredible discovery that we made is we, um, like Wendy's saying, we prepare our students for um, above the line jobs. We wanna create the, we wanna develop the decision makers. Cause right now we have Tyler Perry and Will Packer here. Like we don't wanna just be a location city. We want to be a development city. And so um, what we've learned by talking to the industry and the employers is that um, the creative space, the creators that exist in Atlanta are in marketing and ad agency work. And that is amazing because yes, we right. want to, we're developing filmmakers, but with the Emerge program, we realize like we can create even more powerful creators if we're having them infiltrate the marketing and ad agency. Um, so we're working through that and just connecting with a lot of the ad agencies. And we've connected actually with an organization called, um, oh gosh, 
a, the A pledge. And it's a conglomerate of marketing and creative agencies here in Atlanta that are committing to making sure that their companies reflect the actual demographic of the city of Atlanta. And so it's like, it's systemic in one point and one on one level, but it's also like this very individual practical thing and doing it one at a time so that we can get our feet in the door. And so with Wendy's help, we're also able to say, hey, like not only will we um, create the talent and provide the talent for you, but we can also come in and with the help of the Alliance offer DNI um, training so that your employers know right. how to welcome in this influx of diverse and inclusive talent. And so it's both and, and that's why what Wendy was talking about, the macro and the micro are so important when you talk about systemic change and creating Absolutely. new infrastructures. Mm -hmm. I'd love to, well, it, it, you touched on it, um, but I'd love to sort of talk about the, like what the arc is for someone coming in uh, to, you know, uh, to reimagine ATL, like what, what are all the almost possible through lines for them? I know you have the Emerge program. I know there's um, um, no comment, like there's, you know, and then how they would then interact with, you know, um, Wendy's organization, like give us a little taste of like, the arc of a student coming in and what all the different experiences they could have um, and jobs they could potentially work on post being in, in your program. Absolutely. So uh, Reimagine is essentially an education and workforce development organization geared specifically for the creative industry. And so we work directly with Gen Z creatives ages 11 all the way up until 24. Um, and the reason why we did that is because we want to tackle workforce development from a responsible, holistic standpoint. So that means planting the seed, but also following the pathways through. Um, so we work, uh, we start with age 11. And what that looks like is really like our media production workshops and also our career exposure workshops. So with our career exposure workshops, we're working directly with the schools. Right now we're virtual, of course, um, and we're partnering with the Alliance to really just introduce students and teachers to all of the careers that exist. People still don't know that like, this is a $37 billion industry in Georgia right now. And so they don't know like all of the careers that exist in the field. And we want to open them up. Like if you can do math, you can be a production accountant, you know, like these are the careers that exist. So we go and try to work with middle school and high school classrooms and do these um, presentations where uh, students get to ask questions. We also offer hands-on media production um, workshops, which are a little longer. They could be anywhere from two to three hours where students learn a specific uh, courses. They could do Foley, you know, animation. They can do uh, audio engineering. Um, the teachers will let us know what they'd like us to um, produce in those workshops. So that's for middle school and high school. And it just plants the seed, right? Um, so then our other, under our other um, umbrella, we have our training umbrella, which is our No Comment Film Fellowship program. And that's our flagship program. It's powered by Warner Media, And that is a year long program for students who know they want to be filmmakers. So the first six months is documentary filmmaking. And each of those fellows will 
produce their own documentary at the end. Um, and now they've moved into narrative filmmaking. So they've um, broken into two teams and we'll have two narrative short films completed by June. And we're going to do a drive-in screening in June for that as well. Yay. Uh, and then under our, um, I guess I didn't mention we have exposure training and placement initiatives. So under our placement initiative is Emerge. And thanks to Wendy and the Alliance, we've been able to really um, sink our teeth into this uh, placement umbrella. We've been trying to do job placement for so long, but we haven't ever had the capacity until now. And so we've partnered with the Alliance for Media Arts and Culture and a lot of partners here in Atlanta to curate the Emerge program um, that provides young people ages 18 through 24 with an opportunity to get uh, paid to go through training, like I said, and then at the end, they'll be matched one-on-one -on -one with an employer, whether that's a paid internship or long-term employment, depending on what the opportunities are available. So, and, and awesome. you know what Kimberlin's really done here and that is remarkable and also replicable, which is great because we have all these other training centers that want to be like in what is happening there. The idea that folks are hired, it's not like paying them to go to school, right? What mm -hmm. it is, is creating, really ha making this a job, making this right. so that when you show up, you're not like leaning back on your phone during class. You have to show up like you're showing up for your employer. This is Absolutely. a new role for the community-based media center as mm -hmm. A creative employer and without because without that job you're not having access to do nike work and warner media work and and you know all all of this other creative work and how you show up fully into that experience whether it's online or in person or some kind of hybrid it's not it's no longer school it is your first right. job and everything that happens in there is in a way more professionalized environment. So it does also, I think, help folks. Folks come out of there with certification, like she was saying, with portfolios, which the employers right. say is more important than any degree you could have. It's like, what's your work? What's Absolutely. your voice? What, are we, what do you bring in there? So it really is changing up the whole ecosystem and the whole environment in which folks are emerging. So it's really... Right. And one thing I forgot to mention about under the placement umbrella is we last year or two years ago, we decided like we weren't going to wait on employers to hire our students. So we launched a production company called Reimagine Productions. And so that is another way that our apprentices get hired. So in addition to, you know, being able to work on the Nike campaigns or any of the jobs that come in while they're in the apprenticeship program, Reimagine also takes on client work. And so we will pull, we pull from the apprentices in addition to the freelance, the freelance network that we have. And so we're constantly making sure that those students can get paid beyond the base stipend that they receive. That's awesome. And Wendy, I'd love for you to like unpack because I know um, uh, Reimagine is one of the organizations you work with. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about the that sort of macro umbrella, like who are some of the other people that you're partner with, like and, and where you want to, what are some of your goals as you look over the horizon for mm -hmm. what it is you want to, the, the takeover? <laughs> Yeah, take over. <laughs> what it is you want to do? So we're to want to take over an industry that we're not really that we're only kind of fringe, um, and but it's like watch out, disruption is coming. And um, I mean, the nice thing is we have a lot of friends in high places, but also yeah. a lot of friends 
on the ground in community. And that's the beauty of the Alliance for Media Arts and Culture, which has thousands of members in 25 states and seven countries who are doing this work. And our members range from you know, from reimagine and other community-based training centers with big visions, all the way to you know Sundance and the Kennedy Center as you know our right. our partners. So that we and everything in between. There's a relationship that we're relationships that we're building between independent artists and and production companies and studios and but also across sectors. So the idea that is we're not just training folks for jobs in Hollywood, you know, like right. on a television program or something like that. But as Kimberlyn started to say about the, the focus, because it's in Atlanta locally on advertising um, and marketing and some of those really exciting jobs. In some places like in DC, there are so many arts and culture institutions like the mm. Smithsonian who, that, who we're working with right now that have needs for storytellers embedded in those institutions. And how right. many can you walk into now where you can hold your phone up to a work of art and it comes to life and you get a story someone's making those stories who's making those right. stories right? right and so and but that's true for hospital systems healthcare sports journalism i mean we're all digital media companies now so if we want to be playing in a social space and connecting with audiences communities and customers you're going to hire storytellers to help elevate right you're doing right so that's what the alliance is kind of about here and it's being able to create the kind of community where during covid we could have an apprentice in philadelphia get on the phone with a showrunner in la that they never would have been able to connect with with an executive right. director of a major company who's like i'm going to take time to listen to this and to you know, we're going to create these relationships that might not have ever been able to happen before. And also mm -hmm. then build from there into programs that can actually deepen and expand access for those folks who might not be college bound. Because it's weird. No one who we have spoken to who has a successful career in the industry says that college is a necessary thing. You know, I mean, it's wonderful to have and we're not trying to keep young people from going to college. It's like, yes, get an education. But if you're not necessarily up for that and you're talented and you've got drive and ambition, you can succeed here and there's gonna be a pathway for you. Um, and right. so we're trying to build an ecosystem that includes not just that is workforce development, yes, on one side, but we also have a whole network of creative programs where we're developing right. access to new technologies. We're partnered with Epic Games, developing all of this, these new technologies around virtual museums and screenings. Um, we've got leadership programs so that young leaders coming up can get, you know, can have executive coaching. Let's talk about that later. And we've, you know, so there's yes. so many, <laughs> right moving parts yeah. to this because we're yeah. building artists up. And that's what makes our pro workforce programs different than so many others. They're not just bodies and seats in front of screens. You know, you can do that right. for certain digital careers and that works for, for some folks. It's, but for us, when as we're training up a whole generation of storytellers, that's we're looking at developing and creating the conditions where culture change is happening and where right. the change that we all want to see is like is real.
So it's, you know, it's complicated and it's long-term, but thankfully with the new stimulus packages, there are, there is money for creative workforce development in there the way it's never been before, explicit. And, you know, it's like, if you want to change the world, give money to artists. And it's like, come on, we know that that's true. And we need a framework where it can happen. So we're really looking forward to sharing out all those resources because the Alliance is about building the capacity of Reimagine and all the community-based media centers who have lived in a right. culture of scarcity forever. And it's time for that to be over. And, yeah. you know, Reimagine ATL is the shiny example of what's possible when you have that vision and you get some of that investment. And so we're so right. grateful to foundations like Arthur Blank Foundation and MacArthur Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation who have invested in these programs. And now we look, now it's our turn to look towards the government. I mean, no one wants to run federal grants their whole life, but this money belongs in the hands of artists on the ground in communities. And that's how we're gonna build back from COVID. So it's a, we're thinking broadly and thanks to our it. members, it's like, we have a shot. <laughs> Uh, Kimberlyn, did you, you wanted yeah, to talk I was going to say one thing, one of the many ways that um, Wendy and I are aligned is that we really, we both have this passion to break the stigma of what it means to be a creator or an artist, right? I think mm. we both have experience where like growing up being an artist or being creative was a dirty word, right? It was equated yes. with being a starving artist. Like we both have a passion beyond the systemic, breaking the systemic barriers and structures. We have a personal dog in the fight when it comes to changing the mental model around what it means to being a, being a creator or an artist. And you know, replacing that with a sense of integrity, a sense of empowerment, um, saying, no, we need a seat at the table, just like you give to these engineers, just like you give to these plumbers and these construction workers, we need to be at the table. We are just as important. And so I think what I love about Wendy's work, um, at large is that she's, like she said, she's going into these cities, but also going into the prominent industries in the cities and saying, okay, DC, you have the art institutions. All right, this right. city is a healthcare uh, city. So where, what are the storytelling needs there? And really going and proving that art storytelling, the digital media industry is needed everywhere. And I think for so long, you know, people who work in marketing and who work in advertisement or creative industry in general are always fighting for, you know, their right to be there when it comes to corporate work, you know? And so mm -hmm. really what Wendy's doing is powerful on a national level in really changing the mentality of what it looks like to be an artist. Like, oh, that's good for you. You should do this for free. No, why? No, Because it's a part of me. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, that's my passion. And that's why we're with Reimagine in particular, we're developing well-rounded whole artists so that, you know, yes, you can be creative, but can you send an invoice? Do, are you mentally healthy? Are you, do you know how to communicate? Um, and I love that Wendy is doing that on a high level as well. Well, I love, uh, listen, two things that I love. One in terms of your work, Kimberlyn, that you're going in so early and just getting people acclimated to the idea that this is a possibility because, you know, I, I discovered filmmaking at like 13 and 14 through a program, you know, through the Future Filmmakers Workshop at, at, at NYU. Didn't know this was a thing, was like hanging out in the TV studio of my high school at Armuro. I think my English teacher trying to get rid of me probably <laughs> was like, 
go do this little program get out of here and then I was like oh like somebody put a camera in my hand and I was like oh it's a rat <laughs> you know and that was what gave me you know the courage to apply to NYU and you know go to film school and and, and all that I would have never I wanted to be a computer scientist before that like I, I would have never considered you know media a possibility until I actually did the work and got the you know sort of internal courage to do it mm-hmm. um so just that you know, just that the seed, as you call it, like the seed of the idea. And I, I do think as well, the, the way the sort of digital landscape has changed, like digital in general, like how that's grown um, as a marketplace, even like so beyond say traditional film and television media, like how all these industries need storytellers, you know, like to, you know, marketing has definitely been embracing it now where they've turned more sort of filmmaking because the 60 second commercial isn't exactly what it used to be. And people need, you know, a way, more creative ways to integrate their products into storytelling, you know, and how that works and how, what that looks like is definitely evolving and changing. And, and there are definitely not enough creatives of color in that space. Um, who are helping to sort of reimagine those things, but um, uh, but it, there's a big weakness because I find like we're we're huge consumers of some of these brands, um, mm-hmm. and they're not always necessarily speaking to us um, in a way that's sort of deliberate through creatives and things like that. So um, anyway, I'll get off the soapbox for that, but I just I just I just wanted to highlight and if that they because are they're not hiring us to do it. That part. That part. <laughs> that part. Um, so yes, come through Nike, <laughs> you know, yep, that's right. I'm for Brooklyn, come through Nike. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you, if you, you know, the other ones can come through too. <laughs> Cause no we will stay in a brand. <laughs> we will. And if we don't keep pushing this yep. Hollywood and everyone else is going to revert back to the way it was. Oh, easy, know, easy, easy. Because how easy. many, how many executives have, I've talked to so many folks who are like up, have gone advanced in their work lives, you know, young black executives in many different fields. And at some point they're just passed over, passed over, passed over. Like at some point that there is, we're not creating the conditions at all where advancement is, there's where there's equality there. And you can no. let people in one door, you know, and then you think you've done it. And then you just go back to the way things were. And mm-hmm. it's like, we just can't let up. And, you know, no. it's like, not listen, gonna- it's well, and to and listen to the point on the sort of decision executive side, I'd love to unpack this a little bit because listen, I was fortunate enough after NYU, I became a studio executive. I worked at New Line Cinema for years and Walden well, Media. Um, but, um, and, and I love that experience, um, but you know, I came up in the '90s, and this was like I was, you know, I was the only many ways, <laughs> right? The youngest and the only for a long time, um, and and I was doing it at a time where you know it, it was just very difficult. To your point of like advancement, of you know, pe- people sort of wonder why my resume is so evolved and, mm-hmm. and I'm and diverse. I'm like, cause it had to be like way to voted. I couldn't like these just, you didn't naturally come up. I watched other people leapfrog over me and God bless them. Like, that's great. But you were not picked. I, I mean, you didn't get the bat phone call <laughs> you know, back in the day. 
that was not a thing where they're like come into the room now and get your stuff like you just sat there you know fighting for projects that didn't get made or you know being pigeonholed or you know you would get it from both sides either you were too black or not black enough or this or that it was just it was a lot um i i've been um happy to see an environment now you know that's a bit more evolve for young executives of color, but it's still, it, this is still a huge, huge, huge gap yeah. um, in terms of barriers to entry. So, Keisha, what do you say think, it again? What else can people, like, I feel like you've done so much to face that, like the, your work, you know, I mean, just like ghetto film school has done so mm -hmm. much. I mean, creating the roster, Ava mm -hmm. doing, you know, array crew. I mean, there's things right. that are popping up, but that's not gonna, I, I'm not sure. It's not going to change that side that. of it. Is there something yeah. you can do to address your experience? Right. Well, I mean, uh, there is a program now um, around developing executives, of specifically executives of color. Um, but whatever, if anybody's listening, like this is a big thing for me, and whatever I can do to help anybody who's doing things or to create a new thing, because there needs to, in the same way, there are programs, residencies for like you know, writers trying to get into television or direct, there needs to be more program, a, a programmatic way. I think for people who decide that development is their passion, I got very lucky. I got a, I got a scholarship in college that to Universal and I met my mentor there, amazing woman, Elizabeth Hunter, who's now a writer, film, you know, film and TV writer. And she, you know, I read all her scripts. I went to all her meetings. I mean, she showed me the ropes. I also had a internship and development at 40 Acres at Spike Lee's company. So I came college with some, you know, I knew how to write coverage. I knew what, you know, I knew I had some sense of what the world of development was, but that wasn't, it, 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 I got, it, it was so lightning in a bottle that I'm shocked when I look back at it that I, that I was able to do that. There was, there's no infrastructure. Um, and I definitely think there are people who love film maybe lean more towards producing who kind of can see the, you know, or, or you can see the game yeah. um, who just don't, because that's another place where the unpaid internship, <laughs> I mean, barriers to entry, like it's that, that's where you get into the culture yeah. side. The development side, I think is still the holders of culture and it's very class-based, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like this is, I mean, it's, you know, people who have been able to have certain kinds of backgrounds and certain kinds of experiences have certain mm -hmm. levels of contacts and can just kind of get in on mm -hmm. a ground floor level um, and you know get 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 the hookup. I mean, it's it's still very much culturally like clubby, you know, right. um, to this day. Um, mm -hmm. It's gotten like a little bit better, um, um, but not much in yeah. in the twenty five years that I've seen it. Um, so there needs to just be a foot in that door holding it, holding it open. And because what you need to know to even well. start is hard. Right. Like you have to know, that's not a job you can hit and not know anything about it. You need to understand what development is before, even as an assistant, I wound up having two years of experience in development. Yeah. To be an assistant, <laughs> <laughs> to answer the phone. <laughs> Where are you going to get that? Yeah. Right. You're going to get that. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, no, it's, it's still a big issue. Um, yeah. And like you said, even once you get in being in environments that are going to support you um, mm -hmm. because then it's also dealing with agents, dealing with the industry, 
you know, it's all about how you advance is who you know, who can you get on the phone, whose scripts are you getting? It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a rough, it's a particularly rough game. So you're not need, need to just train them in the skill set. You almost need to also give people exposure to people in the industry that they can get on the phone. So when you're being hired, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I know I can get such and such on the phone. It's such, it, and that's the, that's the part that's really hard it's so hard um, it's a culture shift there's so much people don't want yeah. they're like they don't have time i can't deal no yeah. no no and to get to yes it's going to be yep. changing the status quo so that you're shamed if you don't have an apprentice by your side that you're Absolutely. giving back to that you are you know we're actually yeah living the world we want to see because if not yeah. you know it just We'll never do no, it. I, and I had people that trained me. I mean, I literally had people that had me at their side. I mean, Elizabeth took me to her lunches. Yeah, see, that doesn't I mean, that much. it doesn't, she, cause she knew what she was doing. She was like, I need you to know everyone I know. Mm-hmm. And you need someone to leverage their contacts yep. and let you in on it and let you build relationships on your, because that's the currency that you have as an executive. It's not just like, oh, I know how to read scripts and good, yep. give good notes. Mm-hmm. It's your relationships, it's your currency as an executive. And it's very hard for people not in the pipeline and in the game to come in with the same level of context as someone who may not be in the film industry, but grew up around and, you know, whatever, everyone was at your backyard barbecue because of who your uncle or your cousin or your mama was. Mm-hmm. And, and you just know everybody. Yeah. That's, how, that's how a lot of people get in the game. They just know everybody in the game. But if you don't have that sort of, you know, you don't, <laughs> you, don't you haven't grown up like that. Um, it's more protective of their worlds. You can imagine opening it up to everyone. It's like, wait, here comes everybody. We don't want that. We want to be in our exclusive club. And I totally get it. And it doesn't need to be the end of that. You know, it's just like opening up opportunities for folks traditionally excluded is what we need to do to heal the world. So just absolutely get off your protective thing. Let's all do this, you know, and I absolutely this is music to my ears hearing your story now and I think you know we can have this conversation and then it can go completely exponential yeah but this listen you never get it right you never get it done there's so much work to do on all the avenues but yet the executive lane is one I'm still particularly passionate about Mm -hmm. because I know how it changed my life and and how it it's you know more people need access to it and the companies are better for it Right. You At know, the very when least, they... people should just give money to the organization yeah. doing the work. Like for me, it's like you're you want to know how to solve this problem, you give ten thousand dollars to reimagine ATL or right. the reimagine ATL in your neighborhood. In your give a hundred thousand dollars. It's like invest Absolutely. in the work so that Absolutely. the work can change and there's less of a burden lift on mm-hmm. each in each one of us personally. But there's there's the money is out there to see these programs that can, that can catalyze this change. It's there. A hundred percent. And how do people support your organization, um, Kimberly? Like what, if anyone's listening to this and they want to support you, how do they do that? Where do they go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can visit reimagineatl.com slash donate uh, to um, s- uh, help support either our No Comment Film Fellowship uh, students as they're going into production. Um, we still have needs like purchasing equipment um, and meals for production. We want to make sure that with, especially with the film fellowship that they are um, creating on state-of-the-art equipment as long as well as, you know, their phones. So they don't have all these access, all these barriers to access. So 
um, equipment purchases, donations, um, and then also with our merge apprentices as well. Um, we could always use your help there. So thank you. Awesome. Um, and then so and and then and how can and beyond the sort of donate side, like how can anyone listening to this like help of like how do you what do you what kind of support um, other than maybe even do you elicit from the community? Like how can people help? Oh, absolutely. I'm always thinking money, right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, no. Listen, no. coins. <laughs> but be clear. No shame. We need yeah. coins. You're not all nonprofits doing this work can always use exponentially more money, and because we know you'll use it well. But just, just to speak more broadly about support um, that could be um, possible for you know um, uh, people. Yeah. Absolutely. To your point, I just wanted to say quickly, um, we are seeing a lot more people of color, particularly Black creatives, getting these like overall deals, right? And like these amazing yes. opportunities. And so it looks like, wow, yeah, we're winning. Things are happening. But it's still 94 to 97% white male um, in the in the C-suites, right? In the executive. And I I really am concerned that we are going to lose sight of that as we see right. more and more wins happen. And like, I don't want this Trojan horse to come in and be like, oh yeah, people are getting these deals, so we're good. No, because they're no. still holding the purse strings, right? And writing the checks. And so I think like to your point, having more, the, the writing fellowships are happening, but having more fellowships on the executive level is like, that's where my mind is. That's what I'm looking Absolutely. towards. Um, and then part of our um, training educational method is um, introducing the importance of social capital, because that's how I've gotten where I've gotten, is like having right. social capital. And so we do that through making sure each of our um, students have a one-on-one -on -one mentor. So with the film fellowship, it's powered by Warner Media. So each of those have a Warner Media um, mentor. Right. Um, same thing with Emerge, more of a creative industry um, mentor, one-on-one -on -one mentors that's kind of leading them and connecting them to the next thing. So our students leave our programs having some type of connection and some type of uh, network into the industry. That social capital thing is huge and that's huge. what we've been pushing. So how can we, how can you support? We are constantly looking to connect with um, people in the creative industry, whether they want to do, have speaking opportunities as we're going into the schools, we love to bring a professional with us to just give an example and talk 15 minutes about their career. It's really inspiring, especially when it's a person of color who can come in or a woman and say, hey, this is my career. Um, another way is we're always looking for mentors with our new cohorts that are coming. We're going to want mentors who are looking to just um, give time an hour to once a month um, and just spend time giving feedback with their students. So those are the two ways that people can help. One more way, employers and, and Wendy, this could go with Wendy as well. We want to build our employer network, um, both locally yeah. and Wendy nationally. Um, we have been developing um, uh, we have been developing a bank locally uh, so that we know like, okay, employer, you said you're looking for somebody. All right, we'll knock you, we'll tag you down. So when we find somebody that's a good match, we can refer over. Um, so just building our employer network, building up our mentorship network, and then our guest speakers for our, in our workshops as well. That's right. And awesome. for folks outside of Atlanta, they can get with the Alliance, you know, arts2work.media is the arts2work website. And you can sign up as a mentor. We can we can 
you know, we have programs that are intensive month long mentorships. We pay our mentors to really invest some serious time. But the idea of speakers that Kimberly was talking about, we do a national arts to work conversation series. And if you are an employer that can't hire right now, we understand it's COVID, it's, you know, things are hard. Maybe you can provide a project-based experience that is part of one of our programs. Just be, be a supervisor, be an advisor for one project where we're paying your we're paying the apprentice, but you're going to come in and provide that on the job experience that is project based. So we can work with you, you know, whether you're in Atlanta and working directly with Reimagine or in any city across this country, we're even working internationally. So just sign up, step forward, and we will put you to work in some really beautiful ways. Uh, that I love that there multiple ways that people can get involved. I will volunteer myself for whatever you guys I'm coming need. for you, Keisha. Come yes. listen, come for yes. me. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, thank you guys so much for um, obviously a the work that you're doing on the ground. Like I, I like said, I know from experience working with um, young creatives, like it's 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 a lot of just actual work to do the work, do the training field all the phone calls, make the connections, actually get butts in seats, you know, um, and get people jobs and get them paid. Um, and, and just believing that they belong, right, in this industry and that they can actually have a full career. Um, and, then, and then they can take over from there. It's a, it's a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving pieces and a lot of coordination with a lot of stakeholders. So um, I, I thank you both for um, the, the many ways that you have done the work and continue to do the work because um, we, we all benefit from it, um, having more diverse storytellers. And um, you know, so to the extent that we can build out some new avenues, we'll all come back around the executive table and figure that piece out because that, that still needs a lot of work. Um, mm -hmm. But um, yeah, just really want to um, thank you um, for the work that you're doing and, and the ways that you're doing it. Um, and um, appreciate um, Aaron, you giving this sort of platform for the discussion. So thank you yeah. so, so much. Thanks. And I would love to have you guys all back, you know, even individually and talking about just other branches of, you know, your micro work that you're doing in this area. I think that would be really great because we're wanting to do these continuing talks about how how to build up, you know, the community and how people can actual scaffold, you know, actually scaffold and support these these programs um, by themselves, like Hollywood Pipeline, who's trying to do something on their own, um, you know, or more on a more macro level. So that would be really great. We'd love to have you guys back, you know, in the future. Um, it was really just such an inspiring call, and um, I'm sure our listeners are going to love it. And so we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Yeah. See you guys all soon. Thank all right, you. everyone, have a great day. Yeah, Thank you so you. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.